Hello and welcome to the Nature Nerd Knowledge Podcast. This is episode 19, Lessons in Limbo. I took over a month break recently from the podcast, which was not originally my plan. But the last few weeks of pregnancy and then having this baby, I did not schedule as many episodes to air as I had originally planned to do before so that I would have no lapse in episodes. But it did not pan out that way. So here we are a month and a half later, finally doing another episode for the podcast. So this episode, Lessons in Limbo, is specifically about things that I have been learning in this time of stillness that I've been in for basically the last month and a half. The last couple of weeks of pregnancy were very long for me and very difficult, mostly emotionally, but also physically. My daughter was born at 41 weeks and five days, so 12 days past her initial due date. And I did not think I was even going to make it to my due date because starting at around 36 weeks, I was having contractions pretty often, like almost nightly for hours at a time, which can be, you know, like prodromal labor. And so I really thought that at 39 weeks, I was going to have her to the point where I actually started having contractions on the day that I originally thought she was going to be born and had contractions for about 13 hours before they stopped completely. I even had, my waters didn't break, but there was a leak. So I was slowly leaking amniotic fluid and the contractions were getting more intense and closer together. And I was so excited. It was on the full moon in July and I was having like the most wonderful time with it. I was singing and playing my crystal singing bowls at the same time. I was dancing in my kitchen while eating freshly cut mangoes, taking baths and just really in this beautiful euphoric space, expecting her to come. And then at, I want to say it was at like eight in the morning or something after an entire night of, of consistent contractions, everything stopped and they didn't start back up again. And days went by. And my midwife appointment on like the following Monday or whatever it was, we, you know, were doing my appointment and my my stomach was significantly smaller than the last time she'd seen me because I had lost a lot of amniotic fluid. And she was like, you are in labor. It's just taking its sweet time. It's slow. And I was like, okay, cool. Then the next day I was insatiably thirsty I got my days mixed up. I think the full moon was on like a Wednesday and my midwife came out on like a Friday. But whatever it was, the day after my appointment with her, I was insatiably thirsty, wasn't hungry at all, and drank probably two gallons of water throughout the day. And by the next morning, my stomach was big again. My body had repaired the leak in my amniotic sac, which I did not even know was a thing but it is. I've since researched it. The membranes can overlap and create a seal over a small pinhole type of leak, and my body replenished the lost fluid. And so I not only did not give birth when I thought I was, my body showed that 
Azure was just not ready to come out to the point where my body healed itself so that she could stay in there longer. And I was not only fascinated, but also super frustrated. I was getting incredibly impatient. It was a very long and hot summer for me. Everything just made me hot and uncomfortable. And I was in a lot of pelvic pain and just was not feeling good. And so when I had this exciting labor euphoria and then nothing, and then my body was like, just kidding, you're actually not going into labor right now at all, baby staying in there, I had a meltdown. And I spent a lot of time crying and feeling sorry for myself and just in a very dark place within myself because things were not going the way I wanted them to or what I was expecting or hoping for. And so I spent the next few days really struggling with coming to terms with surrendering to the experience and surrendering to how out of control this whole situation is when it comes to labor and birth. There are certain things that we can do to prepare ourselves and to have the type of birthing we want, like a home birth or a water birth or things like that. But when it comes to labor and when it starts, there are things you can do to try and help labor to start. Or medically, there are things you can do to force it to start. But ultimately, your body is not going to go into labor until that baby is actually ready to come out. And I was really struggling with why she wasn't coming out. I didn't understand. And so my first big lesson was learning to surrender in this limbo phase that I was in. And I thought I had surrendered in the days leading up to that full moon when I thought she was coming. I thought I had already surrendered to she'll come when she comes. But after that disappointment, I realized I hadn't fully surrendered. And so I was really working on accepting that and letting go of my own expectations, letting go of my own desires and wants, and even my need to no longer be pregnant because of how miserable I felt consistently. I wasn't really sleeping well either, so I was just very emotional and really struggling. So I finally got to this place where I felt like I had completely surrendered to these experiences and had completely accepted that I was going to be okay, that I was okay, that labor was going to come exactly when it was meant to, and that this would all be over soon. And so I took comfort in, in the fact that this would all be over soon. And so a few days go by and I'm doing great. I'm feeling great. I'm, I'm back in a positive mindset. I'm doing much better emotionally. Physically, I'm still struggling, but I was making the best of it and just trying to be like, it's almost over. It's almost over. So after a few days, contractions start up again. And this happened on and off for days where I would have consistent contractions for a few hours or even all night long and keep me up half the night or all night long. And then by morning, when they were getting closer together, I'd get all excited and text my midwife and be like, I think this might be the real thing. And then they would stop. And then I would have to go through the surrender process all over again. Because once again, 
I was let down in my expectations of, oh, these contractions are getting consistent. Oh, they're getting more intense. Oh, this is the real thing. And then it not happening. So the surrender lesson, I still don't feel like I have fully learned the surrender lesson being the stubborn being that I am. But surrendering, I feel like is such a paradox. Because we want to have power, we want to be able to manifest, we want to be able to create our realities in the ways that we want them to be created. And the paradox is, is that in order to have everything that you want, you have to surrender to how things are going to play out. I wanted the to have a peaceful, empowering, bonding, beautiful home birth experience, which I did end up having. And that was something that we were able to create but I had to surrender to the when when it would start when it would happen and I was really struggling with that but I feel like that carries over into all aspects of our lives is in order to really have the things that we want to to have the right partner for example or the dream job We can manifest that and create that into our lives by taking certain steps, but we still have to surrender to what's going on right now in this moment. We still have to surrender to when is it going to happen? Because a lot of the time the when is out of our control or even the how it's going to happen is out of our control. And we have to surrender to the experience and trust that as we keep doing everything in our power to make something happen, that it will happen eventually as we surrender to it and we surrender to how it's going to come about. And surrendering feels powerless. Surrendering feels like you're giving up. And that's why I feel like it's a paradox for wanting to create something for your life because you have to essentially let it completely go in order for, to achieve it. And I've noticed that so many of the things that seem to be laws of the universe are paradoxes. And surrender is a really difficult one for me. So leading up to Azure actually being born, labor started technically like two or three days before she actually came. And it was the same type of thing. Lots and lots of contractions they would get closer together and more consistent for a good 12 or more hours at a time. And then they would stop for seven, eight hours. They'd start back up again. And then they'd stop for a good eight to 10 hours. And it was this back and forth, back and forth of am I or aren't I in labor for days. And I felt like I was going crazy. And I was just like, I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand why this baby still isn't here. I started doubting my body. I started doubting my ability to actually be able to have another home birth because my brain started going places of what if there's something wrong? What if I end up having to be transferred to a hospital, which is an absolute nightmare scenario for me. And 
really getting to this place of doubt, self-doubt and, and despair and hopelessness. And so I, I remember talking to my mom and just crying to her about it, feeling like I had no control over anything at all. And wor- worrying that at the end of it all, I still wouldn't even get to have the kind of birth that I really wanted to have with Azure. And she was reminding me that so much of this really is out of my control and that I need to let it go and surrender. But beyond that, I needed to remember everything that I've learned. I needed to remember that sometimes the body when in labor will stall out and stop so that you can rest, so that you can sleep, so that you can replenish your energy, so that you can eat food and digest it to use it to help feed your body what it needs because labor, typically, the uterus will burn around 7,000 calories. 7,000 on average. So it's no wonder, especially if labor decides to draw itself out over a couple of days like mine did, where it would stop and go, stop and go, that you would need time to sleep, to mentally get some, some breaks and some rest, and to give your body time to refuel and re-energize. And so I got to a point where I surrendered again and I started reminding myself, my body was made for this. I was built to birth this baby. There is nothing inherently wrong with my body and my ability to have labor and birth happen for me. And so I kept reminding myself of that. And I kept meditating and praying and working on things within myself that needed to be cleared out. So I spent those days of labor when I was in the resting period where the contractions would completely stall out. Nothing I tried, no herbs, no walking, no castor oil, no exercises, nothing. Nipple, nipple stimulation, everything that they tell you to try to get labor started back up again or even started in general that is non-invasive. So anything other than like medical intervention, basically. I tried everything and nothing would get it to start back up again. It would just randomly start up again on its own like the next day, irregardless of what I had tried when they stopped. And so I would take those resting periods and I spent hours and hours in meditation talking to to Azure. And at this point, we still didn't know that we were having a girl. We didn't find out till she was born. And so I was I was talking to Azure and I was connecting with her and trying to understand why she wasn't coming and working through fears that I had that could be holding us back, fears that she might have that could be holding us back and clearing out any sort of trauma or any sort of emotional issues that I had from last time, from my last birth, not going exactly how I wanted or the the struggles that I had at that point with his dad and trying to really work through and let go of all of these different emotional things. And I cleared out so much garbage that I thought that I had already worked through. And so that was my next lesson was to take advantage of the stillness as an opportunity to go within and do more shadow work and to really 
face these things that I didn't know were there anymore and and work through those. So that that area of limbo in that labor state allowed me to really work through some things I feel like needed to be let go of and cleared out before she could come. Not only for my sake, but for hers so that we could have a better birthing experience. So then after the birth, and I'll probably do a whole podcast episode on the birth itself. I haven't fully decided yet, but after the birth, I had no tearing. I felt amazing. And I (laughs) was like trying to get out of bed literally like a couple hours after she was born after we'd taken a nap and was like, woo, I feel great. I want to do all the things because I had spent so much of my pregnancy feeling exhausted and miserable, just completely drained of energy that all of a sudden she wasn't in there. And I felt amazing. I felt great. I was like, wow, this huge load has been taken off of me. I am ready to tackle the world. And on the second day postpartum, we discovered that I was struggling with bladder prolapse. The pelvic floor muscles help hold different organs within the pelvic area into place. There's no bones or anything holding anything there. It's all muscle holding it in place. And so often, especially in um, second, third, fourth, et cetera, pregnancies, the pelvic floor muscles, if they have not been strengthened and worked through after a first pregnancy, often become very weak. And so when that happens, you can have pelvic organ prolapse, which is when all or some or one of the organs in the pelvic area region, the muscles holding it up are so weak that they're not holding it up anymore and it can sink down into the vaginal canal or just out of where it should be. And so learning that I had bladder prolapse, I was devastated because now I had to be on bed rest. I felt amazing and I had all this energy and I had to stay in bed. I was allowed to get up and go to the bathroom and that was it. I couldn't go down the stairs. I couldn't get myself something to eat. I couldn't go down to the fridge to get myself some cold water, nothing. I had to stay in bed and just sit and rest. And that was, <laughs> that, that had me still in that limbo state of waiting and not being able to do what I wanted. I was so ready to, to be doing things around the house that first day. And so I was pretty heartbroken when I was told I had to be on bed rest because not only did I have to stay in bed, but I now had to seek help from everyone in a way that I wasn't prepared to ask for. I originally intended to spend the two first two weeks in bed as much as possible resting and bonding with Azure, but I wanted to still be able to have the freedom to go you know, out in the backyard or go for a walk or whatever I felt like I wanted to do if I wanted to, but the whole point of my original intent was that those two weeks were going to be focused on bonding with Azure rather than having a bunch of people coming over to visit or doing anything else around the house unless I I really needed to. But now with bed rest, I was forced to take it a step further. So not only was I not just like not doing things 
unless I felt like it. Now I couldn't do it at all, even if I did want to. And I like my house clean, so I couldn't go downstairs and clean the kitchen. I couldn't do laundry. I couldn't do any of these things that I normally do that help me to feel at peace in my home so that the energy flows in a way that feels good. And it also meant having to rely on people in a way I've never had to rely on people before, which was a huge contrast to my first postpartum experience where I felt extremely alone, extremely unsupported because I was alone all day long and I had horrible tearing. I say horrible, but really it wasn't that bad compared to how bad they can get. I had um, an internal muscular tear and then I had some tiny tears externally, but because I didn't get stitches or anything and I wasn't taking pain medications, the first week postpartum with my son was excruciatingly painful and had me shaking and crying in pain every time I used the bathroom because it would sting and burn so badly. It would become a full body experience of pain and it was horrible. And no one had warned me about postpartum. I was very prepared for birth the first time and I rocked it and I knew it. But the postpartum experience threw me into a very depressed state and I wasn't eating. I didn't eat for like two weeks and was just drinking water because I didn't have the mental space or the physical capacity to really make myself food. So unless a family member brought me something to eat, I wasn't really eating the first time around and I was doing everything alone. I remember day two postpartum having to go up and down the stairs to the laundry room to wash cloth diapers because there was no one around. I was living with my my dad and stepmom at the time, but they had, let's see, there were eight of us in the house. They had five kids that were teenagers and in high school or had just graduated and got jobs that were all living at home with them that needed them to take care, be taken care of. And they also worked all day long and I felt like a burden. So I didn't ask for help. I felt like I should be able to do it all by myself. And that was really hard for me. And I ended up having postpartum depression pretty bad. And I didn't even know I had it until a year postpartum when I finally learned that postpartum depression was even a thing because I'd never even heard of it. And so this time around, being forced to stay in bed was an entirely opposite experience. Everyone was doing everything for me because I couldn't get out of bed. I had to let my pelvic floor heal so that the, pel- the bladder prolapse could start reversing. And I still, even though I'm not on bed rest anymore, have to take things very easy so that my pelvic floor can keep healing to a point where I can start doing pelvic floor exercises to, to fully reverse the, the pelvic organ prolapse. And so this time around being so different was actually as difficult as it was for me to stay in bed and to have to express the need for help and ask for help in a way I've never had to. It was also very healing because I was and am still being so supported by family and by friends. Having people come every day and cleaning the house in different areas that need help, coming over and playing with the kids, coming over and bringing us food or you know, coming up and just spending time with me for a little bit. And Bronson got to be there for the first two weeks that she was born. 
he got to be at home instead of working and he was able to spend that time basically (laughs) doing everything and I feel bad because he was having to do all of his normal roles at home and all of mine and take care of me so that I could take care of Azure. So he was doing the jobs of two people in our house. And it created a whole new level of appreciation for him and his love for our family and his dedication to our family and to me because of the time and the care that he was taking to do all of these things for us. And so it also allowed for him and I to bond on a different level and give him time to really start connecting with and bonding with Azure, which again was different from last time because by the time Calvin was born, his dad and I weren't together anymore and he was in school and wasn't really around much at the beginning. And so going from being completely alone to being completely surrounded by loved ones who were taking such good care of me and holding the baby so I could shower or making sure that I was eating healthy, nutritious foods. Bronson ran out and grabbed herbs that I needed so I could start taking some herbs to help my, my pelvic floor to heal. Just so many things, so much love and support. And on top of being able to heal from my previous postpartum experience that I I felt was very traumatic, and this one being so beautiful and peaceful and supported and love-filled, beyond that, I literally got to just sit in bed with my daughter and spend every moment with her, getting to know her in a way that was different than pregnancy because during pregnancy, I didn't know if she was going to be a boy or a girl. And I was pretty sure I was having a girl. And I felt her personality. I dreamt of her. I knew what she was going to be like. I even dreamt what she was going to look like. But I also dreamt of a little boy that I know was going to come next. And I just didn't know which one was coming now and which one was coming next time. So when she came out as a girl, I was able to fully connect with her in a way that I wasn't able to in pregnancy because I didn't know which one of them was in there. And now that she was out and I knew who she was, I was able to fully bask in that bonding time of this is my daughter that I have dreamt of and have felt was coming since I was in middle school, since I was about 13 years old. So almost, almost 20 years ago was when I first knew that I was going to have a little girl and that her name would start with an A. And then back in 2018, I got the first part of her name in a meditation that it was going to be Azure. And then during this pregnancy, the Ray part came to Bronson. And when he said Azure Ray, it was like electricity went through my body. And I knew exactly then that that was her name. But I've been having dreams of her. I've been seeing her out of the corner of my eye. I have known her for two-thirds of my life. But I didn't want to fully expect that it was her coming this time in case it was her brother that's still going to come. And so even though I felt very connected to the baby during the pregnancy, 
it wasn't a full connection because there was this fear of, but what if it isn't her? What if it isn't her? I need to be okay with it being Braven instead, the, or the little boy. And so I kept saying him or her pretty much the whole pregnancy. And so having that two weeks to just sit with her, to figure out breastfeeding, to get to know each other better, and to just sit and stare at her beautiful little face, and to just hold her and not have to worry about anything else but her and making sure that I was healing was a beautiful experience, even though it was difficult for me to stay in bed. And I'm still struggling to not do too much and to really give my body a lot of rest because I'm a go, go, go person once I'm feeling good. And so all of this time having to sit in stillness, the stillness in the final weeks of pregnancy where I was too tired and felt too crappy to really do much of anything other than lay or sit around and meditate and sit around and watch shows with the kids or play a video game to having all this energy and wanting to go do all these things but not being able to so that I could heal correctly and having to continue to be in this limbo space of rest when I don't want to be. I didn't want to be in rest for any of it, but the universe forced that onto me in a way that I didn't know that I needed because of the lessons that I was able to learn, learning to surrender, learning to sit in the stillness and enjoy it for what it is having the opportunity to heal from past traumas having the opportunity to do a lot of shadow work having the opportunity to bond with my daughter in such a beautiful way while being taken care of and learning to accept help when I'm not normally someone that asks for help at all and I'm so grateful, even though it's been so hard, especially while I was still pregnant. Bronson can attest to it. I cried so much in those final weeks of pregnancy. I was so frustrated and angry and exhausted and just over it, but still in it. And I couldn't get away from it and feeling trapped. But now in hindsight, seeing all of these beautiful blessings that I was given because of that limbo state was wonderful. And so my point in sharing all of this is that sometimes in life, we want to be doing one thing, but the universe shows us that what we really need is something else. And even though we don't think we need that resting period, that limbo space or that space in between, what we want and what's happening. The dream job that you want, the the dream partner, the life partner you've been searching for. When you're in that waiting phase, knowing that it's coming, but not knowing when or how. Enjoy the limbo space as much as you can. It's still hard and it will be hard, but find the, the lessons in it because it's happening that way for a reason. Find the lessons that you need to learn. Find the beautiful gifts in the stillness that are there to to give you what you needed that you didn't even know that you needed. Beautiful opportunities for healing 
and growth, beautiful opportunities for self-reflection, introspection, and just taking time to just be in the moment. Because so often we are looking ahead at what's coming instead of being right where we are. So the next time you have a limbo phase in your life, be in the moment. Be here right now in this beautiful limbo space with these awesome lessons and opportunities that are there for you because it's happening right at that moment for a reason. Whether it's because you need the rest and you haven't been listening in order to get the rest or things are just moving into place so that they can happen for you. Enjoy that limbo. Don't fight it. Learn to surrender. Learn to use it as an opportunity to heal, to rest. It is there and it is lovely. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. And I will see you next time.